Let me tell you a story about the white-faced heron. You know those stalk-licking birds, mostly grey with the white face? Well, white-faced herons are frequent visitors to the lagoon near my home and watching them I've been surprised by the amount of time they seem to stand alone in the shallows or on a rock doing nothing much. But of course, stillness is their strategy. White-faced heron feed on fish, crustaceans and worms and they use their stillness and their excellent eyesight, capable even of fishing at night, to launch their long powerful beak at unsuspecting prey. They will also walk very slowly with their long, light, dainty legs towards their prey, sometimes using their feet to rake the bottom to disturb fish. Now consider this for a moment. Movement and action is more esteemed in Western culture than stillness and rest. When someone asks me, how's things? I feel a need to provide a summary of what I've been doing or reply with, really busy. Our self-worth and identity is often tied to our productivity, and yet how productive is busyness? The heron is efficient, but that doesn't come from moving around a lot. In stillness, Energy is conserved for when it's needed. In patience and stillness comes the wisdom to know when to move. Patience requires not trying to make things happen, but being still. The movement coming from the stillness. What I've been reading to you just now is one of my latest entries in a new venture that I'm calling Wisdom from Birds, which I want to talk to you a bit about today. But before I do, I need to take you back to a moment in my life in May 2012. I was walking along a sidewalk in Vancouver, Canada, a very average suburban sidewalk, when I noticed a flower poking through one of the cracks in the concrete path. It had forced itself up between one cement block and the next. It wasn't a special flower, a daffodil, I think. I don't know. I don't know my flowers real well. The point is, I noticed it. I either slowed down or stopped. I can't remember now, but long enough to take a good look at this stubborn flower sprouting in between the concrete. As I continued to walk, all I could think about was this flower. As I thought about that, I thought, why am I even thinking about this stupid flower? It was only about 10 or 15 minutes walk to where I was going, but that was long enough for me to have a very clear answer by the time I got there. You see, this time in Vancouver, which ended up being for four months, was the first decent rest I'd had in many years. For the last 20 years prior to that, I'd worked as a pastor of a church that I'd also founded. Now, I love the experience. I love my work, despite it having many challenging times, some of which involved deep grief and disappointment. But I got to a point of saying to myself, I'm just tired. I need a decent break. There were various factors that made having a break complicated, but I knew I needed it for my own sanity and the health of the church that I was leading. So in December 2011, I started my break, what I called my sabbatical. I didn't think I was burnt out. I wasn't coiled up in a fetal position in the shower or any of those other classic breakdown behaviours, but looking back, I can see that the signs of burnout were definitely there. And I inadvertently covered it up by living on adrenaline. And it wasn't all bad. I was very good in a crisis. I could complete difficult projects. 
And I was constantly absorbing new information and content. I had a lot of energy. But there were some downsides, like being pretty much addicted to news media. Television news, radio news, print news, internet news. If you gave me a quiz of the various news stories that week, I would get 100% right. I didn't allow myself any downtime. I was constantly on. So when this sabbatical was about to start, I thought, well, I better do this unplugged. They talk about a digital detox, and that's exactly what it was. So a combination of having no crises to attend to, no projects to complete, no news to consume, I was faced with the very naked and vulnerable self who, for the first time in a very long time, had time to think and reflect. I was also in nature for a very large part of this time and spending a lot of time outdoors. Mostly I was with my wife, but sometimes I would be alone and I had a number of two to three day personal retreats. My whole life was going through an emotional and spiritual reset. It was quite profound. And it came to a head thinking about this stupid flower that despite man's best efforts to cover the ground in concrete, this stubborn little daffodil had found a way to see the light of day and breathe life. A metaphor for my own life? Probably. But it set me on a course. A course of seeing things in nature that I'd never seen before. An evening sunset became an incredibly moving experience. A walk through a beautiful garden had me marvelling at colour and design. A walk up a mountain was filled with moments of awe and wonder, both the micro-vision of an alpine flower on the ground and also the macro-vision of the view at the top. Now, I should probably apologise right here for all those who are like, oh, duh, you mean you're only just getting this? I know, I know, I'm a slow learner, but hear me out. Because it wasn't just nature that took on a profound new depth. Interactions with people became charged with significance, even if it was just when paying for groceries at the supermarket or talking to the neighbours near the small apartment where we were staying. My spiritual journey was richer and fuller. My marriage was renewed. My capacity to care for others was turbocharged. And I became fascinated by the natural world science, living things. Now, because I was in Canada at the time, I started getting into bears and salmon and eagles. And the more I learn about the natural world and how everything holds together, the more I started to see principles for life and living that were embedded in nature. I was becoming a student of my environment, always in awe, and I was constantly learning. But it was getting near to August 2012 and I was preparing to come back into the real world of work, many relationships, as well as part-time study. So my big question to myself was, is this going to stick? Have I really changed? What will stop me just falling back into the same old noisy patterns that stifled my capacity to reflect? And now, as I enter my 10th year since that time, I can honestly say the change has stuck. And if anything, it's intensified. I'm one of those weirdos that secretly welcomed COVID's lockdown as an excuse to do less, travel less, talk less in its place. 
my wife and I bought kayaks. And soon I was joining her, going along sneaky rivers and inlets. And that led to me getting into bird watching. And that led to me getting into bird photography, which leads me to wisdom from birds. Wisdom from birds, which I guess you could subtitle Life Lessons from Nature for Everyone, is not just for bird watchers. It's for anyone who loves nature and likes the idea of learning what you can from reflecting on nature. For weeks now, I've been going to bed early and reading about one bird before I go to sleep, a bird that I've personally seen and photographed. I start reflecting and considering the different aspects of its behavior, and I literally then sleep on it. Then, waking up the next morning, well before dawn, with the first birds, I sit in my front room and I write. Just two to three hundred words. And what I write is divided into two parts. Part A focuses on just one aspect of the bird that I was reading about the night before. Now, sometimes I write part B straight after. Sometimes I write part B later in the day. And part B is my reflection on the question, what is this teaching me, us, about living, about being a better human on planet Earth? Then a couple of times a week, I post my learnings on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find it at Wisdom from Birds. My basic premise is this. Birds give us a small but powerful window into an animated life. I could have chosen to look at trees, I guess, but I've narrowed it to just birds and only Australian birds and only Australian birds for which I have a good photo. So I'm not a professional photographer and I'm certainly not a long-term birdwatcher. In fact, at the time of recording this podcast, I've only been birdwatching for less than a year. Also, I'm not an expert on animal behavior. But if, like me, you love nature and you like the idea of learning what you can from reflecting on nature, then I'd love you to come along for the ride. You can follow me at Wisdom from Birds. So let me finish up by reading to you one of my recent reflections. For me, it was just a duck. It was October 2020, and my wife and I had bought kayaks, a COVID gift to each other, and we were kayaking up the Minamara River. Kayaking makes you slow down, at least the way I kayak, and I was noticing all these birds. There was this one with the glossy green head and the bright chestnut chest that I'd seen plenty of times before, and I remember thinking, I don't even know what that bird slash duck is called. I thought, if I'm going to be doing a bit of kayaking, I might as well learn something about birds. That day, I learned that my duck was in fact a male chestnut teal, and the juvenile and female version, which don't have that colouring, look almost exactly like the grey teal. Now consider. Consider means to slow down, notice and learn. And it is in the learning that we are given opportunity to change. There are many activities that teach us to consider. We don't all have to become bird watchers. There's bushwalking, uh, reading and absorbing book, studying plants, sitting at a lookout, photography, 
and I'm sure you have your own favorite slowdown activity. With COVID and lockdown sweeping the world in 2020 and 2021, the whole of life slowed down. But slowing down is only part of the process. In the slowing, we are given opportunity to notice and discover things we never realized. Many things that we knew little about, perhaps blind spots in our attitudes or actions. Birds have subtle differences. They have mind-blowing biology and they have unique behavior. They are just one of nature's many teachers and they have much to teach us about life and about ourselves. Wisdom from birds is an opportunity to consider and I hope it helps you to slow down, notice, learn and perhaps be prompted to make some life changes.